Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to yet another episode of Mango's Void. We're here again in this majestic garden to talk about the majesty of therapy <laughs> or the lack <laughs> of majesty. Um, today, and I know, I know we talked about therapy a lot, but I'm going through a bit of a career dilemma. Mm. And I'd like for all of you who are listening to chime in and let, let me know mm. what you think should be done. Mm. Um, and this dilemma has to do with therapy and the bubble that I think we're in. Because <laughs> I think we're in a therapy bubble. Mm. And um, it's not going to be good when the bubble bursts mm. or when it crashes. Because mm. that's really what it's going to do. I came across this post by SZA and mm. I want to dissect, I want to unpack. So I'm reading this article, or rather I came across a screenshot of this article where SZA was talking essentially about her experience with mental health services. Mm. So I'm going to read what this excerpt says word for word and then we can unpack. Mm. So SZA said, after I had box breathed myself for three months and didn't get better, I called her, her being the professional that she had enlisted to yeah. help with her mental health. Yeah. I called her in a fucking frenzy like, I'm about to commit myself to an institution today. I need help. I said, what form of therapy do you do? She asked. <laughs> The woman then explained to the singer that she's actually not a licensed therapist, but is instead a life coach, <laughs> meaning she doesn't have any type of clinical form of therapy. Mm. As SZA explained, it was only the latest type of therapy she had tried. She's explored hypnotherapy, talk therapy, psychiatry, as well as acupuncture to deal with the acute anxiety she often experiences, especially during high profile events. <laughs> so I want us to unpack this because about maybe three, four years ago, mm. Vogue, mm. Vogue came out with a series that, is, that was hosted by Kendall Jenner about <laughs> mental health. Yeah. I just, yeah, I, I'm so tired of like the late capitalist dystopia. I'm Hello, just so Kendall I'm just so tired Jenner. Of hearing sentences like that. a mental. I'm sorry. Continue. So Vogue comes out very aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. Okay. Very aesthetically pleasing, and I watch every episode. Um, <laughs> Vogue comes out with this series that is about Kendall Jenner's experience with anxiety. Mm. When I saw Kendall Jenner hosting a mental wellness mm. conversation on Vogue mm. <laughs> um, with Dr. Romney, I said, okay, we're, we're officially in a bubble. Yeah. And this sort of excerpt of SZA talking about all of the different therapies she's tried mm. and then getting to a point where she's now hired a mental health professional mm -hmm. only to find out that this professional is an Instagram life coach <laughs> with no credentials yeah. who is not licensed in any way yeah. to deal with someone's health, mm. something that is life or death. Um, I, th I think that there could be a problem. Yeah. So currently for context, I am currently enrolled in three schools. Mm. 
I'm enrolled in a school of philosophy. I'm enrolled in a school to become a psychologist. And I don't want to name these schools because I might get sued. So I'm just going to vaguely just say the schools they are. Mm. And thirdly, I'm enrolled in a school to do a yoga teacher training for yin yoga. I look around and I think the vast majority of people are mentally ill because we live in a world that makes people mentally ill. Mm. And so I want to be a useful bitch mm. and help in alleviating mm-hmm. the ills of this world. Um, so I've enrolled in these three schools, enjoying all three of them. But something that has surprised me is that yoga, just yoga alone, mm. is so much more relevant <laughs> to the healing of mental wellness Mm. in a holistic way Mm. than anything I'm learning in my psychology (laughs) classes. So so the things I'm learning in my philosophy classes are so much more relevant Mm. to the healing, to the mental and spiritual healing than Mm. anything I'm learning in my... And it's it's now made me question, Mm -hmm. you know, am I going into the right field? Um, and I've, I've been going back and forth with this, Mm. you know, I'm interested in healing. I think there's a lot of healing to be done. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always thought, you know, psych is a good vehicle for that. Mm -hmm. But now that I'm in it, Mm -hmm. I'm really starting to have some questions. Mm. So let's unpack scissors little excerpt. Um, the first thing that stuck out to me is that SZA, who is a high-profile celebrity, has a mental illness, mm. right? This, this mental illness is anxiety. She's got chronic anxiety, mm-hmm. possibly depression. But let's, let's just talk about the anxiety. Kendall Jenner is in the same field. She talks at length about how she suffers from anxiety, very acute, chronic, debilitating anxiety, to the point where she sometimes cannot get on a plane, mm. you know? Um, and it's interesting that when these two people seek out help from professionals, Mm. there's no environmental context Mm. taken Mm. in, in terms of healing these people. Mm. If you are a high profile celebrity, Mm. what are the odds you would be mentally healthy? (laughs) What are the odds? What are the odds that a life that is centered around you (laughs) and people liking you Mm. and people giving you attention Mm. and people liking your skin suit Mm. that is depreciating Mm. over time? Would be conducive to it. How how is this environment conducive Mm. to mental (laughs) well-being? How much therapy, hypnotherapy, acupuncture, yoga can be done to alleviate a premise Mm. that is inherently toxic? Mm. If the premise of celebrity is toxicity, is illness, Mm. it is narcissism, Mm. it is self-aggrandizement, it is self-centeredness, what about that? Mm-hmm. could create a mentally healthy person. Mm. And this is my first qualm with... This is my first problem with the realm 
of therapy as a whole. Mm-hmm. And the prop the reason I bring this up is because if we're not going to tell SZA as a mental health professional <laughs> that what your life is fundamentally yeah. is corrosive, mm. are you not just an agent of the state? Mm. If as a mental health professional, mm. as a licensed health practitioner, mm-hmm. you are not going to be honest mm-hmm. with the person in front of you mm-hmm. and address the core illness. And of course, you know, let's address why did you want, why did you, Caesar, mm. need so much attention? Mm. What, what is, what is the, the wound inside of you mm. that needed so so much attention that you pursued this specific career mm. that was about centering you mm. what what you know why are we not addressing that absolutely and when we're not addressing that and when we're not addressing the environment that encourages this anxiety mm. are we not just agents of the state <laughs> Yeah. Are we health practitioners or are we agents of the state? Yeah. And in the interest of not wanting to be an agent of the state, because I don't believe in the state, mm. I, I now I have to question the entire field Absolutely. of mental health. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. Where are you at with it currently? <laughs> it's interesting. When I was going to school to get my psychology degree, mm. I noticed that, hmm, I'm actually in a lot of the same classes as the sociology majors, people Mm. that are going on to become social workers. Mm. The only classes that are different are really like research methods and statistics classes. It's the same curriculum for both. Mm. And my thought was, hmm, well, they're just going to be social workers for the poor people. And I'm just going to be social workers for like middle class people. We're both just social workers. We're both being taught the same ideology, which Mm. to me is just a subjective ideology. I don't view the field of psychology through this deified, godlike lens of objective truth the mm. way a lot of people insist on viewing it. Right. It's a lens of viewing the world much like any other. What I think we're really starting to get tired of are people who have read all the books and know all the words yeah. and know all the theories, but don't really have any true wisdom. Mm. I, I think we're almost ending this era of unpacking right. and diagnosing yeah. and unarchiving. Mm. And we're getting to a point where we're collectively looking around and going, what now? Mm. I know my dad was mean to me. What now? Right. I know I didn't get. And, and once you reach that point of what now, mm. the genre of therapy kind of becomes inept. In fact, I, in my personal opinion, it actually becomes very, very harmful. Oh, interesting. Because I think that our deification of a degree, mm. of a certification, yeah. of putting doctor before your name, professor mm. before your name, has almost allowed us to convince ourselves that there is an inherent wisdom yeah. in, in these certifications. Yeah. In these, yeah. and, and wisdom is something that is one in a million. Mm. Like, like, like finding someone that has a unique perspective on the world. Yeah. Finding someone that has a unique understanding of what makes humans tick and Mm. what makes that is a one in a million person Mm. like there are psychologists that i love i think gabor mate is a genius i think that he is a singular genius that is Mm. someone who studied the body from a physiological level and was able to combine that with trauma and he came up with a singular genius understanding Mm. that was healing and very helpful to people yeah you cannot become a genius 
by getting a degree. Yeah. What you can <laughs> become is a parrot. You can mm. read the DSM and then you can listen to someone talk and then you can basically play matchmaker between someone and a disease in a pharmaceutical company. I love that, that is, you bring this up. That is not, but I, I think what people are yearning for and what they think that they're paying for mm. when they get a therapist is, is wisdom. Wis yeah. And very few people have wisdom. And it's, it's actually shocking where it's like you will meet someone in these fields or in a lot of fields that require a deep understanding of humanity and they will be an adult, mm. they will have a job, they will have a degree mm. and they will have a car and they will know nothing about humanity. Yeah. They, they have no understanding of what makes humans tick, mm. what our desires are. They are just someone with a degree and some opinions that they found in a book. Right. And, right. and, and I think yeah. that we're starting to see straight through that. We're, mm. we're starting to see straight through people that do not know anything experientially. I feel this this cultural shift almost in my bones, you mm. know, in the way that genres change. Yeah. And I feel it as a musician. I like yeah. feel that hip hop is kind of dead. Mm. I feel that. I, I, I feel therapy and, and what it is and the service that it is providing people yeah. coming to a close. And this isn't an indictment on the field of psychology. I think yeah. the field of psychology is as relevant as ever. Everyone should garner knowledge. Yeah. But if you don't have like wisdom, mm. if, if you're not able to really relate to someone yeah. and, and understand what they're going through and have a unique perspective on what they should be doing to go about solving it, mm. you're useless. And, and, and it's, it's interesting that you said that thing about the bubble, because my, my favorite anecdote about bubbles is uh, this guy in the 1930s knew that the Great Depression was going to happen when the guy who was shining his shoes started giving him stock tips. Yeah. You know, yeah. or, or yeah. before 2008, yeah. everyone was a real estate agent. Yes. You'd be at Denny's and the guy handing you your eggs would be like, here's my new real estate. You're into yeah. residential property. Yeah. Like, that's how you know. And. When you scroll down TikTok and you see, hey, here's my attachment style. I have an avoidant. He has an. I have. Yeah. That's oh, okay. This is this is the guy who is shining shoes yes. at the stock exchange, telling me that I need to invest in Ford. Mm. You know, we're, we're at that exact moment. Yeah. And when information gets democratized, it makes it very clear who has real wisdom and who doesn't. Yeah. Because everyone knows the words. Yeah. Everyone knows the theory. What's your theory? Yeah. What's yeah. your and and it it makes yeah. the gem shine that much brighter. Like mm. the fact that everyone is hawking their two cents about trauma on TikTok mm. makes me appreciate Gabor Mate that much more. Yeah. The fact that everyone yeah. is hawking their two cents about gender relations makes me appreciate bell hooks that much mm. more. So yeah. I I think that as a field dies, the 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 gems almost really shine that through. much brighter mm. because god half of these motherfuckers have no idea what the fuck they're talking about but <laughs> yeah, that that word yeah. professional it's like anytime you're going through a mental health problem have you have you sought out a mental health professional mm. have you i i, I reject i reject that word professional mm, i'm looking for it. singular geniuses yeah i have the the information's on tiktok i yeah. I, I know about try i know yeah. about attachment styles i know about what is your unique perspective yeah. on how to solve this mm. not how to explain it not how to what is your unique perspective on how to solve this and i do think that that will eventually transition people out of this very material clinical pseudoscientific explanation of the human condition yeah probably to something a bit more spiritual at a certain point i really wanted to talk about this too because you mentioned 
essentially something to the effect that people go to therapy looking for wisdom but when they get there they find knowledge and knowledge mm. just doesn't quite satiate us the way wisdom does it's very yeah so we should really differentiate between the two knowledge is something that you acquire i think knowledge is a noun mm. but wisdom is a verb mm. wisdom is a state of being mm-hmm. it's a an embodiment mm-hmm. it is experiential inherently mm. and i do think especially at this juncture of late stage capitalism transitioning into feudalism okay my theory is that capitalism is quite corrosive and i think the thing that it erodes is not only our mental health but quite literally our spiritual well-being mm. and i think because we've killed religion mm. and i'm not an advocate for religion mm. but we've killed religion haven't replaced it with anything else mm. and so people now seek what they used to seek from religion in therapy mm. and i just think that although therapy is useful mm. in a certain realm i don't think it satiates the spirit mm. I think therapy's great for, you know, diagnosing and sort of alleviating the mm. symptoms, not the causes, mm. but the symptoms of depression, maybe anxiety. Mm. No, I think psychiatry, psychology, therapy. It it it's pretty good at alleviating those symptoms. Mm. But as far as the spiritual void, yeah, it doesn't feed the soul. It just doesn't quite satiate us. Yeah. And we've sort of arrived at this point mm. of late stage capitalism where we have nothing to satiate our spirits mm. and whether you believe in the spirit or not is a whole other episode but by spirit what i'm talking about is like the consciousness like the thing at the very end mm. of who you are um i don't quite think that therapy can satiate that. Yeah. And that's the thing it feels like we're all yearning for. Yeah. I and I think the reason why is because therapy doesn't come with any call to action outside of your own life. Mm. I I really think that we truly misunderstand the human condition when we think that people just want to be happy. Yeah. It's what I was yeah. talking about in even the war episode too. Mm. I think people desire love and fulfillment. And I think what people really desire is to find someone to help them find direction in mm. life, almost be assigned a task. Yeah. I don't think yeah. a therapist should leave you with homework of like, well, you go confront your mom. If there's a period of your life where that's very necessary, mm. my ideal version of that institution would be like, you go clean up this street because that will make you feel like a part of your community. Yeah. That there, yeah. there needs to be a kind of homework that expands beyond the individual pursuit of happiness. Right. Happiness right. isn't real. Like I yeah. genuinely need everyone to accept that. Like yeah. happiness, as it has been pitched to you mm. in the Western construct, is not real. Yeah. And a big part of the industry of therapy is selling you on this idea that some one should be perfectly happy, happy all yeah. the time. Yeah. And the reason why so many people are falling out of favor with this institution is because as the illusions break down, as the facade fades away, we're mm-hmm. starting to realize that no one is truly holistically happy all the time. Yeah. I think therapy made a lot of sense 
when you would watch TV and look at a woman like Oprah and go like, oh my God, Oprah's so happy. Mm. I just need to figure out what book she's reading. I just need to figure out and then I'll be happy. Right. But then when you see like some messy shit going on in Oprah's life, because now we have so much access to these people that we used to deify, mm. the illusion of the perfect life, this mm. ubermensch approach to yeah. mental health completely fades away. Yeah. And then you just realize, hmm, actually... The only thing that kind of exists is fulfillment and love mm, and me I, kind I of mindlessly going through this process. I like to refer to therapy sometimes as like a gym for your own narcissism. I'm just mm. working out all day thinking about my childhood all yeah, day. Yeah. That is not conducive to fulfillment or love at all. Yeah. One, because love yeah. cannot be achieved if you're thinking about yourself that much, even if you're being critical about yourself. Yeah. And yeah. fulfillment comes often for doing things for other people. Mm outside of a monetary profit incentive yeah when i see yeah. humans at their happiest it's when they're planning a birthday party it's mm. when they're planning a christmas party it's when they're planning a community event it's when they're these are the things that make humans reach the closest thing to what people think happiness is yeah which is fulfillment yeah you know yeah i think we have reached the stage where in the same way that magazines created this ideal appearance, mm. you know, you have to be skinny and you have to have a fat ass and you have to have medium sized titties and you have to have clear skin and your eyebrows need to be thick and your hair needs to be full. And we've created the mental health equivalent right. of that. Right. And both are illusions. Right. And both are things that ultimately are not us. Yeah. We did an episode a few months ago where we were talking about the realization that you are not your thoughts. Mm. I think in the same way that the body positivity or rather the body neutrality movement Mm -hmm. sort of ushered in this new way of thinking about our skin suits, which is that these skin suits are irrelevant to who we are. Why mm. do we pay them so much attention? Mm. It's just a skin suit and mm. it's decaying. It's the same with thoughts. It's the same yeah. with your mind. Mm. It's just a mind. Mm. And it's also decaying and mm. deteriorating. Yeah. And it's not you. Mm. It's just... You are as much your mind as much as you are your car. You aren't your car. You have a car. Mm -hmm. You aren't your mind. You have a mind. Mm -hmm. And in the same way that you cannot possess your own mind or you cannot identify with your own mind, mm -hmm. you also cannot possess the things that the mind wants, such mm -hmm. as happiness. Mm -hmm. Some of the most depressed moments in my life mm. have been times after therapy yeah. when I've just opened up and my, my chest is wide open yeah. and I'm raw and the time runs up and the lady just kind of turns the iPad around and yeah. goes, okay, we're done. And I, I, yeah. I can't really stress how much that disgusts me. No, it's, it's actually I, the I most think it is thing. kind of the element of modern life that we have normalized that actually depresses me more than anything else. Oh my else. God, so And much. I think that the reason why it is difficult for me to take what we've turned that field into seriously is because when you really learn about 
humans and what makes us tick mm. you learn that everyone works on a different sense of time right people don't heal in the way that you heal something mm. that might take you two weeks to emotionally recover from yeah it might take someone else 17 years yeah when you learn about humans you yeah. learn that we actually have completely different internal mechanisms and we process emotion completely mm. differently so when you flatten the human experience enough to put it on a fucking timer yeah. and say, hey, that's about as much of your daddy issues <laughs> as we're going to get to talk about for $69.99. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, once it, it is the extent to which we flattened humanity mm. in this institution. Yeah. It, it, it infuriates me. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think that there's something so unethical about it because in the same way, no surgeon would just say like, hey, I've got an hour for your kidney <laughs> oh surgery. And if they find out that you actually have seven stones yeah. instead of six, they're not just going to leave you wide fucking open on the operating table. We don't take mental it's, illness seriously. It's disgusting. It's unethical. Yeah. It's yeah. unethical to open someone up yeah. unless you're going to fix them and mm. sew them back together. Yeah. And I'm Jamaican. So it's like I come from this ideology of like you don't get paid by the hour you get paid by the job yeah so yeah. in jamaica yeah. when someone does your yard you don't pay them like i'm gonna bill you six it's just the job done at a job no, it's like you yeah. just do the job it's yeah. not and yeah and and i think that we would have to entirely detach from any western sense of time mm. and the profit incentive obviously in yeah. order to do this job eth like ethically yeah because yeah. i think what people have realized which is very very dark is that they will literally open you up yeah. right at the end of a session yes. to force you to come back. Oh my God. And if that isn't the rawest definition of evil I've oh ever... You're playing with a very, very delicate machine. It's very When unethical. you start tampering with the human mind. Mm. If you're not going to commit to finishing the job, you should not be doing this profession. It's actually very, very unethical. Yeah. And it really, really upsets me. Yeah. And no, I, I think what's really dark is people have monetized opening people up and not closing them because they need you to come back. Yeah. They need they need to end the session at the moment where you are the most raw. Yeah. And then they could be like, so I'll see you next week. Yeah. But something something you brought up to me that it's like we had posted on the Patreon chat. Like yeah. Who's looking for a therapist? And we yeah. got a bunch of people like, oh my god, I've had to cycle through three people. Can this we lady talk just about talked this? about herself for thirty minutes, and I was like, what was I paying for? Can we this lady, and what other profession? There's none. What other? If if you were to go to an optometrist and you had to cycle through fourteen pairs of glasses before you could fucking see, would you accept that? No. Would you accept? And and I I I think that because the brain. Is inherently more complicated than virtually any other part of our lives. Mm. We've accepted an almost dismal standard of care. You know, I don't even think it's the fact that it's complex why people don't take the mind seriously. I think it's the fact that you cannot see it. It's mm. intangible. Mm. People will take your kidney health more seriously than they tell then they take the, the health of your mind seriously because we can see your kidneys. Mm. We can touch your kidney, we can take it out of you, we can put it back in, we can measure. Because the mind is an unseen entity, mm. science just does not respect anything that is unseen. Mm. And you can tell how little the field of health respects the mind by the way we treat it. Mm. The first way is the thing that you were just saying just now. Mm. People always say, 
you have to go to four or five, maybe six therapists until you find the right one, you know? Imagine if you had to go through four or five or six pilots until we <laughs> landed the plane. Would we accept that? We don't accept this in any other field. Imagine if we had to go through oh, just four or five heart surgeons until we can fix your heart problem. But but here's, here's go, what I will say. I, there's no... I, I do think... It's a tall order because the brain is the most complex thing in the known universe. Yes. Right? Like, right. like we haven't been able to create a computer that even comes close to coming close yeah. to the complexity mm -hmm. of the amount of neurons that are firing in our brains. Mm -hmm. I believe it's billions. Yeah. So I'm not mad at, at people falling short of grasping the human condition. You'd yeah, be absurd. Of course. What I'm mad at is pretending to. What I'm mad at is how fucking hard our dicks get at yeah. this idea of moral clarity mm. or, or just like scientific clarity or i'm depressed because of x reason yeah i'm bipolar because of x reason it's the glee mm. that we pretend to know shit yeah. that we don't know no whatever no. happened to just like not really understanding exactly what someone needs mm. and hearing them out and extending a loving hand yeah you know like like yeah. whatever happened to saying I don't know because specifically when it comes to the brain and anyone who studies the brain will tell you that one of the most knowledgeable things you could truly say is I don't know yeah and, and this is yeah. where I think wisdom comes in mm. because once you realize that nobody really knows the brain is not some objective science that we have figured out it's yeah. just not true yeah we yeah. may never yeah. you know it, it's been hundreds of years and we still know very very little about it all you can really offer someone is wisdom mm. and a big reason why I think this genre of therapy is ending is because deep down all humans really respect are other people that can say that they've really gone through what they've gone mm. through no one really cares about your opinion on the loss of a child until you've lost a child yeah no one cares about your opinion on a breakup and the death of love until you yeah. so We've almost designed therapy in a way that makes it impossible to respect on yes. a on a biological level. Yeah. Because the job of the therapist is to detach all personality, mm. detach all personal experience, mm. detach all personal wisdom. Yeah. Well, then, nigga, what the fuck am I paying you for? Yeah. yeah. I can go buy the books myself. <laughs> I can DSM go watch book. the TikToks yeah. myself. Yeah. What what people are going to get more interested in paying for or seeking out is wisdom mm. and and wisdom that doesn't do this cold clinical approach of detaching yourself if, if i'm talking about a breakup yeah i would like you to relate to me on that front mm. i don't want you to go on a diatribe about how your man cheated on you but yeah. you can just say you know i've actually experienced those emotions mm. I experienced here's what that. worked for me yeah you know yeah, and what i think right. this new institution will look like is wise people that can relate to you and mm. go, you know, I've actually experienced something similar to that. It was very difficult. Here's what I've learned. Yeah. But they're not so narcissistic that they know not to make the conversation about, about themselves. Yeah, to center themselves. But, but yeah. I think that therapy was almost designed to fail when it detached the very human element mm. of it. You know, the, yeah. the idea is to be as cold and clinical as, po as possible. Yeah. And humans just don't respect that. I, I really relate to what you were saying, too, that, you know, you can't be mad at the average person, the average professional for not being able to have a certain and finite grasp on the human condition. Of course, the mind is very complex. And the problem I have with this field right now is not that people haven't grasped the human condition enough. Mm. 
the problem I have is just how callous we are yeah, with yeah. handling people's me- to make someone cycle through five or six therapists until they find the one is extremely callous. Yeah. It is extremely callous and that shouldn't be something that we normalize. Yeah. It should be something that we're seeking to transcend. Yeah. The the bar should be higher. At the if people are having to cycle through five, six, seven, eight, that I'm yeah. into thirteen now. I'm on number thirteen. <laughs> Um, if people are having to cycle through five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten therapists until they find the right one, yeah, we have to start. We have to reevaluate this yeah. thing that we're doing. Mm. We have to, and a lot of people will respond to that by saying, "Yeah, but it's about chemistry. It's because you need, you know, you're not gonna have the the right amount of chemistry. You're not gonna have the right chemistry with every therapist." Yeah. And I disagree with that. I don't think the the reason that people have to cycle through five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten therapists is because of a lack of chemistry. I think it's because of a lack of competence. Well, you know, for for those people who who use that chemistry excuse, mm. they're not looking for wisdom. Uh, they, they think oh, they they're are. looking they're, they're, for friendship. And, and when you describe, they're looking for a big sister mm. they're looking for an og yeah they're, they're looking and and it's why they're they're not satisfied because you need those people in mm. your life it's interesting my friend was telling me he was talking to his therapist his therapist is a white woman yeah and he was saying that like you know all these women that have ghosted me after the talking stage has like really hurt my feelings what do you think i should do about that yeah tell me why his therapist told him to message those women and be like hey what? i was just wondering if you could give me some clarity about what was and it's like so, bro, you're a 30 year old <laughs> black man from from East Tremont yeah. in the Bronx. And you're asking a 40 year old white lady on how to talk to women on dating. You need an OG, bro. Yeah. Like the yeah. best advice I've ever gotten on love and women and trying to understand women and how to love women properly mm. has come from like an old black man in a bar who's been through some life. Yeah, yeah. He might yeah. have a divorce or two or three. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and, and he just, he kind of puts his drink down and looks over at you and goes, you know, what needs, it's just like wisdom, yeah. true. I've lived, yes. I've lived. Mm. You, you do not gain wisdom in a, in a fucking book. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Unfortunately. I'm so, it's, you can gain theories and, and, and knowledge is important. No mm. one's downplaying knowledge. Yeah. I'm just saying like to think that knowledge is everything. Is, is enough? Yeah. This is why we have to reimagine what therapy is because it cannot be gate kept by a certification yeah. that prioritizes knowledge that is biased towards the state. Mm. That cannot be the premise of healing people's mental health. We have to reimagine an entirely new construct that is completely divorced from a profit incentive, first of all, because as soon as there is a profit incentive, the potential for healing, where is it? Mm. You know, as soon as there's a profit incentive, I need you to keep coming back. Yeah. As soon as I need this to pay off my mortgage, mm. if your depression <laughs> is what's pay- paying my mortgage, what is the incentive for me yeah. to heal your depression? Yeah. By the way, we're in the same exact point in the activism space. Where right. It's like when you look at how much money these niggas are making off oppression, you swear to God, they hope we stay. <laughs> if D-Ray's like, <laughs> mortgage is dependent on black people being shot by the cops, right. what incentive does he have to stop mm-hmm. that? 
but yeah, no, this this is I think at the heart of it, we're just getting to the conclusion that most anti-capitalist people realize years now is that mm-hmm. when something really matters, it can't be a job. It cannot be a job. And when something yeah. really matters, you have to be passionate about it, mm. which is kind of what I was saying in the beginning. I, I think we need more singular points of genius and insight Mm -hmm. and i'm not trying to make it too much about the individual obviously genius can be reached communally as well Mm. but like i do not give a fuck about what some average person that has graduated with a psychology degree thinks and yet i hold on to someone like gabor mate's every word yeah why he's a genius yeah and and like he's lived but what capitalism and almost like the the veil of white supremacy, quite honestly, offers you this idea that, like, if you do this program, if you get these grades, mm. and if you do these things, you will become a genius. Yeah, basically. you will be so qualified. To be qualified to mess around with the human mind oh my God. in its most fragile, when people are at their most suicidal, yeah. when people are, you have to be a genius. Yeah. I'm yeah. serious, and I know that no, sounds extreme, yeah. but you have to be a genius. Yeah. And we've created a paradigm where apparently if you can get a four-year degree from a state school, you're now a genius. <laughs> you're like, what? It, it, it's you like, now have the qualifications to handle yeah. the delicacy of a human mind on the brink of collapse. Yeah. Because you have a piece of paper that you paid $250,000. What, what do you mean? Right. It's also that, you know, I'm reading through these textbooks and I'm like, what does this statistics clause have to do with a person on the verge of mental collapse. Right. Like, can we be, can we be honest mm-hmm. at this point? You know, well, when, you, when you dig into the way like American society and now Western society functions, is yeah. you realize that statistical research and advertising are in bed together. So mm. every statistic that you've ever seen about the health benefits of milk mm. were funded by milk. Yeah. You get it? It's like yeah. what, people yeah. yes. fund these universities and mm. these think tanks and these to get the conclusions yeah. that they want. Yeah. And oftentimes when they don't get the conclusions that they want, those studies don't get published. Mm. And I learned that myself, like in yeah. research methods and yeah. when I was studying to, to do this job. And, and and that makes you so critical of the whole system mm. that you, you, you start to imagine that anyone truly seeking wisdom would probably shy away from this particular thing, yeah. mostly because they would be blocked mm. in their truths. If, yeah. if I'm at Princeton and, and I discover something that basically completely disproves the chemical imbalance theory of depression, mm. you think I'm going to get a tender? You think I'm (laughs) you think I'm going to get money to further my research. Right. So, you know, I I, I think that people are starting to see through that. And maybe what we should talk about is what do you think really comes next? What does it look like? I literally was about to ask. What is that new job? What is the new version of being a healer? Well, let's do a thought experiment. Mm. 